It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello to everyone. Welcome to the program. In the last episode, I listed four foundational parameters slash essential guidelines that give the boundary of a region of personal choices so that governed by these parameters, each believing individual will be able to discern the will of God for themselves. Three of those four parameters came from John MacArthur's book, Ephesians, page 226, where he discusses the verse, Ephesians 5, verse 17. The next three parameters are also derived from MacArthur's book. So the fifth parameter is this. God's will is for you to be submissive. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 15 informs us, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Scripture says we are to submit to one another, to your spouse, to those older than you, to Christian leaders, for they keep watch over your souls. We are to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Finally, we are to submit to God. The sixth parameter is, God's will may include suffering. The primary reason Christians suffer is because of our commitment to Christ and to the truth of his gospel. Becoming a Christian does not insulate us from the ugliness in our world, nor does it protect us from the temporal consequences of sin. Suffering is an expected part of the Christian life. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's found in John chapter 16, verse 33. The Apostle Paul writes, We told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation. That's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4. The book of 1 Peter addresses Christians who are suffering. Peter encourages his readers in their trials, reminding them that their suffering had a purpose. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's found in 1 Peter 
chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 informs us, If you do your duty and are punished for it and can still accept it patiently, you are doing something worthwhile in God's sight. Indeed, this is your calling. For Christ suffered for you and left you a personal example and wants you to follow in his steps. He was guilty of no sin, nor of the slightest prevarication. Yet, when he was insulted, he offered no insult in return. When he suffered, he made no threats of revenge. He simply committed his cause to the one who judges fairly. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, we are told, Be willing to suffer for doing good. Hebrews 10, verse 36 says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Like Abraham, we need to think, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? That's found in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25. Sundar Singh, a Hindu convert to Christianity, and one of the most influential missionaries of the 20th century said, God has no joy in our pain, but he sometimes uses pain and suffering as bitter medicines for the treatment of our souls. James tells us to... Consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance have its perfect work, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's found in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James also says, Let no one say, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God tests our faith, but does not tempt us to sin. Christians suffer for a variety of reasons, including many of the same reasons for which non-Christians suffer. Also, Christians suffer for some of the same reasons Jesus did. That can be found in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. Believers in Christ will discover an uncompromising truth that the world doesn't want us to hear. Namely, that the nature of God to whom each of us shall give an account of himself to God the predicament of humankind as sinful, Jesus as the only way to God, the only source for rest for your souls, and that you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. This is offensive to the non-believer because it is contrary to what seems to them to be an almost universal idea People can get to heaven by being good according to human standards, regardless of what God's standard is. We are also told, if one member suffers, all members of the body of the church suffer together. Or if one member is honored, all rejoice together. 
That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. Paul exhorts us, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. One passage of Scripture regarding suffering needs further elucidation. Quotes, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. End quote. That's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5b. The Greek noun translated chastening in the New King James Version and Philip's translation of the New Testament is translated discipline in the Revised Standard Version and the New English Bible. And it's also translated nurture and other places in the New King James Version. It indicates child training, including instruction, education, correction, hence discipline. The stem for the word chastening slash discipline is the Greek word for child. Ephesians 6.4 gives further instruction. Quotes, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. End quotes. Here is a problem. Some interpret chastening slash discipline slash nurture to imply that God puts sickness on his people in order to correct them. I think that interpretation is false. Here is my reasoning. If that interpretation that God puts sickness on people to correct them is what the passage means, I think that would imply God is schizophrenic. That is clearly false, so that interpretation is false. Here are some things that supports my conclusion. First, Exodus 15 verse 26 reveals that after the Egyptian army was drowned in the sea, God said, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is the first occurrence in the Bible of the term Jehovah Rapha. The idea that God is the healer is further revealed in Psalms 103, verse 3, Psalms 107, verse 20, Isaiah 53, verse 5, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, and 1 Peter 2, 24. Second supporting evidence for my conclusion. When disciples of John the Baptist, the son of Zacharias, asked Jesus, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. That's found in Luke chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. 
The early church fathers gave our Lord the title of the Divine Physician. In our church hymnals, we have the song, The Great Physician. Note that Jesus did not list sickness, evil, or calamity as an answer to Joan's question. My third reason supporting my conclusion in opposition to those who say sickness is the chastening of the Lord is that I submit that no earthly father would put cancer on his child, and the heavenly father, who is greater than any earthly father, doesn't do that to his children either. We now move to the seventh parameter concerning the overall will of God. God's will is that you be thankful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 admonishes us, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We are called to develop an attitude of gratitude. Without any more comment, I proceed to the eighth point concerning the fundamental parameters. God's will is for his followers to be engaged in worship, fellowship, service to the Lord, and to join him in ministry. God speaks to Christians as he spoke to Israel, saying, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Many present-day Christians have turned to broken cisterns instead of turning to Him. People purchase Christian books, attend conferences, etc., to learn more about God's power and His ways and what He's doing now on the earth. But if they are substituting those things instead of spending time with Him in prayer, fellowship, worship, and communion, then those books and conferences become broken cisterns, and the water is never as fresh and pure as the water from God's moving, flowing, life-giving fountain. We need to have God, by His Spirit, reveal things to us in a fresh way. We need to go to God for a living word for us right now. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, informs us, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Unfortunately, we are by nature doers like Martha, the sister of Lazarus, instead of lovers and worshipers like the other sister, Mary. God is seeking those who will love him enough to come and be with him, worship him, and fellowship with him. He not only seeks workers, but also worshipers. Jesus said, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, 
And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's found in John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, says, Assuredly, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. That's in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Scripture admonishes us, Serve the Lord with gladness. That's found in Psalm 100, verse 1. Never tire of doing what is right. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 in the New English Bible. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found trustworthy. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 in the Revised Standard Version. Luke 16, verse 2b says, Give an account of your stewardship. And the Lord Jesus said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. That's in Luke chapter 12, verses 42 and 43. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 announces, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The New English Bible version of Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 encourages us, Whatever you are doing, put your whole heart into it, as if you were doing it for the Lord and not for men. Let me close this episode by reminding you, exercise daily. Walk with God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.